Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us today. We all know by now that we come into these lives on earth to grow spiritually, and the actual process of spiritual growth consists in elevating our personal consciousness vibrations away from fear, anger, hatred, all the negative stuff, and toward ever more perfect love. That's it. Once we master basic spiritual growth that way, to the point where we can continue to grow in what we call the afterlife, it's really real life, We can avoid ever having to come back here. And once we're able to grow there, we are going to become more and more spiritual, more and more beautiful. The the growth is infinite. So it's all very exciting. And, of course, the kind of love we're talking about here is selfless love. It's not dependent on anything. Just the joyous connection of hearts and minds. Basically, it's the kind of love you see in the eyes of your dog when he sits in front of you to be patted. That kind of love. Even if everybody else in the world might abandon you one day, you know your dog is always going to love you unconditionally. And that's the kind of love we're talking about forever and for all of humankind. Our guest today is Karen Anderson. She's joining us for the fourth time. Karen is an award-winning animal communicator and medium who's been doing this wonderful work for more than two decades. She's written a couple of books and collaborated with others on their books, but my favorite by far of what she's done is called The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, Messages and Signs from Our Pets on the Other Side. Her book came out in 2017, and since then... It's won numerous awards. I'm not surprised at all. It's packed with information, full of the kinds of happy stories that bereaved pet lovers desperately need. But it isn't only our deceased pets who can talk with us through Karen Anderson. Our living pets, it turns out, can do that as well. These little animals are so important to us that many people refer to them as their fur babies. So let's talk today about achieving better communications with our four-legged fur babies. And especially, let's try to understand what they wish that all of us could know. Karen, welcome. I'm so glad you're with us today. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to be back for the fourth time. Yahoo! Yeah, you're you're one of our one of our shortlisted people now. Um, we'll probably try to talk seriously. We're probably going to try to talk every twice a year, perhaps from now on. Um, there are some people who are very good at this. I know they do their work well, and and they you know they are what they claim to be. But even more to the point, they're people that, that our listeners tell us they're glad to hear from, and those are the people we try to have back. And you you have been very much loved by seek reality listeners so this is something this is something we probably should have talked about before but frankly we've had other things to talk about and now <laughs> now it's time i mean we, we talked about horses um i don't know not too long ago what it's like to try to communicate with horses that was pretty interesting and fun for me because that's that's the, the pet that i have in the afterlife i'm desperate to talk to but 
this is this is going to be great. A lot of people ask me frequently questions that I cannot answer, so I'm hoping that I can ask you and you can answer them. But first, let's talk a little bit about your past. Some people won't have heard your prior interviews, and before they go back and listen to them, that it might be nice to just give them a little hint about who it is that they're hearing from today. Absolutely. Well, um, I, my past is really crazy uh, now that I look back on it, but I think it all makes perfect sense. I started out as a young child. I could understand my childhood pets and communicated with them all the time, but I thought everyone could do that. I didn't know that I was doing <laughs> right. strange or unusual. Yeah. I could see I could see spirits. I could see my departed uh, fam- family members, even though I don't know, um, I didn't know them. You know, I, I would describe them to my parents. And of course, that totally freaked my parents out. And um, <laughs> Why can't our so, children be normal is probably what they were saying. Yeah, you know, when I start describing my great-grandparents that, you know, were gone long before I was born, and they were like, oh, my goodness. I'm sure there were some really good discussions between my parents back then, like, what are we going to do with her? So um, they didn't encourage me. They didn't support me. And and I want to say to all the parents out there, anyone who has a child who shows signs of having extrasensory perception it is a beautiful gift that we should nurture and we should support. And if you don't know how to do that, reach out. There's so many different places that you can reach out to, to help support your child and help them learn how to understand their gifts. My parents told me to stop. <laughs> they said, you know, really? animals, yes, animals can't talk. You have an overactive imagination, and you need to stop talking to the dog because it really scared them. So oh I, I know I learned at a really young age that I had to hide this, and I always felt like I was doing something wrong, like I shouldn't be doing it, and yet I was so pulled and drawn and and fascinated by it. So fast forward, uh, I became a police officer. In the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, I had all but forgotten everything I had known how to do as a child. It was just gone from my conscious mind. And as a police officer, as you know, you have to rely on your your gut feeling. Your They won't call it an intuition, but it is. It's a gut feeling is your intuition, right? So police officers have to be very careful for their own personal safety. And I began to receive, uh, let's say, very surprising and unexpected messages as I was on a crime scene. Oh, my dear. Yes. From of all things, things, right, the resident pet. Of course. (laughs) The witnesses. Oh, it doesn't matter the dog's right there. We can go ahead and shoot people because the dog won't talk. Oh, my. So, you know, it was crazy, Robert. It was crazy because I was, I really was having a spiritual awakening. I didn't know it at the time that that's what it was. I was having a spiritual awakening. It was time for me to realize 
who I was and what my purpose is in this lifetime, I was still wearing a uniform. So I kind of was wearing this police officer Karen hat. And yet here were all these crazy things around me that were happening. And I would literally be on a crime scene having a conversation with a victim and then their pets would start talking to me. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is crazy. This is so crazy. So um, that's, that's where everything snowballed, really, where I began to realize that um, <laughs> I have a different calling in life. And uh, I ultimately had to hang up my uh, my badge and uh, and move into the psychic realm and the afterlife realm and animal communication. And that's where it all just kind of snowballed was when I was a police officer. Wow. Um, I should just tell everyone the, the previous three interviews Karen and I have done have all been on different topics. The first one was on um, her book, which is terrific, as I say, uh, and, and uh, the, the, what happens to our pets after death. Um, the second one was about, I think that was the one about communicating with horses, which I just loved. You and I both love to communicate with horses, only you can actually do it directly talking to them. And and then the third one was about the cold casework, which was also fascinating. Um, you know, there were animals who helped her solve crimes. So I recommend that you, everyone listening will just go back and listen to the previous three Karen interviews because they're they're all wonderful. So, okay, um, you finally gave in to your gift. By the way, do you have this in your history? Are you aware of people uh, in your ancestry who also had the gift of being able to communicate telepathically and uh, with the dead? Well, I wouldn't say that they would admit to it, but we have. Uh... <laughs> no, they usually, often they don't admit to it. That's right. You know, that generationally, when you go back, you know, it was really not something that you spoke about. But I will say that it is definitely in in my family, and we joke about it. And, um, you know, my mom and I to this day, uh, she lives by me now. She lives here in Washington State with me. But when she lived in California, and we hadn't seen each other for a long time, if I flew down to see her, we would both I'd get off the plane and go see her. We'd both be wearing the exact same color or the exact, you know, it's oh. like we were so connected on so many levels, yeah. right? Yeah, right. So, so it's definitely there in, in the family, most definitely. All right. So you, you left the, um, the active duty being an active duty police person, but you still did some cold case work, I think, for a while after that. And what did you do next then? What, how did you decide you were going to use your gift? Well, I, I actually came um, a longer history back. I came from the mortgage business. That's where I kind of earned my living before I was a police officer. And, um, you know, I don't know why I did that. I'm, I don't like numbers. I'm not good at math. And, <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I kind of paid the bills because it was a, yeah. a very – you know, lucrative business to be in when business is good, it's very good. And when business is bad in the mortgage industry, it's very bad. And um, it was in the mortgage business that I found, um, you know, truly what I didn't want to be, what I didn't want to do. And I had this sense in this, if anyone's listening out there, and you'll know what I'm talking about, you have this feeling like there's something else for you, that there's something you should yes. be doing. Yes. And 
you know, we, we ignore this or, or we don't follow through with it or we poo-poo it or, yeah, you know, we disregard right. it because, you know, it pays the bills. And it's like, well, but I, I'm getting this paycheck and it's really good paycheck. And, but, 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 you know, a higher self is calling to us going, hey, you're supposed to be over here doing this. So I want to encourage everybody who's listening right yes. now that is feeling that way about their job and what they're doing and what they really feel in their heart and their soul that they should be doing. Oh my gosh. When you step into alignment with what your true purpose is in this lifetime, your world will explode in so many amazing and fantastical ways. And there's nothing like it. You know, yes, there's, bumps along the way yes there's times where you go what the heck was I thinking doing this um but you know that's part of it and that's that's it's supposed to happen that way and you know if, if I can turn something as crazy as talking to animals into a um now 23 years I've been doing this work and it has become the most brilliant thing I have ever done in my entire life. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. It, yes. it is like help so many people. There are thousands and thousands of people right now that have my book in their hand and they're going, Oh my gosh, this is the only book I've read that actually makes sense. That's actually helping me through my grief. Now I understand what happens when my pet dies. Oh my gosh, Karen Anderson. Thank you for writing this book. I am just so blown away, Roberta, that this is what has happened because from humble humble beginnings, I never knew how this was all going to turn out. But when you step into alignment, this is what can happen to you. Yes, it's really it's really wonderful when you find your bliss and you pursue your bliss. But let's talk about the animals now. How do you communicate? With with a with a living animal, I mean, you, they they communicate to you. Do do you hear them talking? Is it impressions? It's it's what what happens? Well, it's a little of everything. It's kind of a combo platter, if you will. So every animal is different. Every pet will connect with me uh, in their own unique style. So, for instance, I would say the majority of pets. And I work mainly with pets. I, I, I have communicated with wild animals, but 99.9% of my yeah. work is with pets. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be. I'll be sharing that with you today about pets. So yes. most of them are visual. So they'll flash me an image of something, most of them. That's kind of the go-to messaging, if you will. You know, we have text messaging, you know, where we look down and we see a text message. Animals will basically text me an image. So I will get flashes, and I mean they're fast, like a camera flash fast. They're fast. I'll get flashes of images, and they will either be a still photo, like something, you know, solid, like maybe uh, a person that they know or another animal in the house or maybe their favorite place to sleep. Or other times I will see what looks to me like a mini movie playing in my mind. Have oh. you ever had that? Those little no. mini movies? No. But but I, I uh, let's just say I don't have your gift. I have just a very narrow little slice of a gift, which is enough for me. But so so the, the, the pets 
a group of pets in the room. There's it's a crime scene, or it's just, or maybe just uh, everybody is upset about something, and you, you're getting an impression. And there are six dogs in the room. How do you know where it's coming from? Which dog? Well, <clears throat> that can be difficult in a multi-pet household. Now, I have a multi-pet household, so I would say I'm kind of an expert at determining who's sending what message because I live with a lot of pets. Yeah. <laughs> But there is definitely a learning curve. You have to really be tuned into a particular animal. Um, you know, if if you're new at this or if you're just starting, it can be very challenging. But for me, it's very simple because I it's almost like a it's almost like an invisible lasso. This is going to sound crazy. It's like an invisible <laughs> lasso <laughs> that's around me and around the animal, and it kind of kind of pulls you in. It's like it it pulls you toward them. So oh, okay. I, I feel the connection. It's like, um, you know, think of the tug of war game, but nobody's tugging to get away. It's, it's a tugging in, it's a pulling okay. sensation. And, and that's how it feels. So when an animal is communicating with me, I feel that connection. It's there. It's like so obvious. It's right there. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, so you really do know who's sending the message. But all right, let's make it harder. It's a it's a multi yeah. multi pet household, and a pet has died. Well, do you know instantly you're getting a message from a, a pet that's transitioned, or do you wonder about that when it first happens? Well, I will tell you, it can be tricky because many times our departed pets are so still in what I call their physical sense that they come through very much alive and well. And for the novice or the beginner, somebody who's not quite, you know, used to how messages come through, it can be very easy to misinterpret that an animal is still alive and well when actually they pass on. Now there are little clues and little things that I listen for and little kind of, I triple check the messages. I have this triple check system because that's, I come from a cop background and I want, Proof and evidence. That Just the facts, <laughs> ma'am. Yep, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm always triple checking the information. So if a pet sends me a message, I have three ways that I run it through like a filtration system, if you will, to, to validate that this is either coming from a living pet or deceased pet. So, and I'll give you just a little example. So the majority of animals who are departed uh, come through very light. They're almost transparent. They're uh, obviously they're not in physical form anymore, so they don't have physical body. So there's no heaviness to them. A living, breathing, still alive animal has a density to them that an animal who's passed on does not have. And I, I'm speaking energetically. This is a, a sensation that you get energetically. Another filter that I run it through is an animal who is uh, departed is very philosophical in their messages where an animal who is alive and well is about food and treats and oh. dinner and need to go outside. I want to play. I want to go, you know, it's right. physical. There's physicalness. A departed animal will talk about love and happiness and joy and balance and peace and harmony and all things wonderful. So you get this little philosophical spin on departed animals. 
Wow. So those are just, yeah, those are just a couple of examples. For example, what would, a, what would a, a newly departed animal say to you that sounds more philosophical? Can you remember any specific thing that they say? Do they say, I, uh, I, love, my, I love my person? Do they say, um, what do they say? I can't imagine. Well, the, the interesting thing is they send love. So when I open up a session, I'm al- I've already sent them love. I've sent them loving energy because that's how I open the session. That's how I open a communication. And I tell them telepathically, I tell them that I'm a friend of their mom or dad and that I'm here to deliver their messages for them. And they can tell me whatever they want, whatever they feel comfortable and they'll usually send love, and I'll describe it to you because it's it can be very subtle to very extreme, like knocking me off my chair and everything in between. So a loving feeling will come through as something like uh, goosebumps or like a, a warmth, like a warm blanket being wrapped around, like a yeah. warm hug. It comes wow. in waves. There's like waves where it'll come on just subtly at first and then it gets stronger and stronger. And you just, you feel like you are in love with the client that you're talking to on the phone. I mean, you feel <laughs> that love. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh, that's it so is. nice. It is. Really cool. So, and and do, do, do you think that their minds change at all at what? after they've transitioned? I mean, they're obviously not thinking about, you know, food anymore because they don't eat just as we don't eat after, after death. But, but they, do, do you think that the, that what you're, what you're communicating with is really that animal, the, the way he or she would have communicated here if there wasn't always the thought of food in their minds? Is that, is that, do you have that sense? You know, that's, it's very similar. So what, what's really neat about this, and I have a lot of people say to me, well, how do you know that that's really that animal? Because all of their little personality, their little quirkiness, the little unique things that they would do, all of those things come through. Oh, they, good. They, they talk as if they are still the pet that you knew and loved. Um, there's very, very subtle differences. For instance, you know, like there isn't a great need for them to um, express, like, we're always, as as pet parents, we're always looking for uh, forgiveness if, or, you know, we have a sense of guilt sometimes, especially if things didn't end the way that we had hoped it had it would end. And um, the, the animals, once they cross over, they're just not about, even they don't even worry about that. They're just like, what are you talking about? Forgive. What do I have? Forgive. Yes. For forgive. Yes. You know, you would love me. I love you. That I had the best life with you. You know, you you took care of me and you helped me. And it's it's just it's such a transformation that happens. And that's what I like to relate to their moms and dads because that's what most people need to hear is that. They don't hold any of those feelings like we do. They don't hold on to those final moments, those um, those dreadful moments. They don't hold on to those. And I love being able to enlighten my clients and say, You're, that doesn't even come up on the radar. That's not even like in their memory bank. Something that maybe is a 
a bad memory that you loop around in your mind over and over again, let's say if something, if your pet passes and things didn't go the way you had hoped, you know, we beat ourselves up for, you know. Oh, oh it's amazing. It, it's so yeah. tragic. There's a five-year-old blog post on RobertaGrimes.com, which um, is something about when a pet dies. I can't recall now what it's called, but it has hundreds of comments. For some reason, I guess Google picked it up, and and it has so many comments. And so I hear every day. I hear from people. I get uh, through my website um, emails. Oh, um, so and so just died last night. I'm devastated. Um, we we took him to the vet. We did it. We did the wrong thing. Does he forgive us? Right, and I have right. never seen or heard from anybody who ever said they aren't thrilled to get out of that body. If if it's a point exactly. at the isn't that right? I mean, have you ever heard a pet ever say, you know, darn it, why did they do that? I'll tell you what, here's the big, this is the aha moment for me too, when it first came to me, because I used to be of a different mindset and animals have completely changed my mind about how I view things in, in the life and in the afterlife. But, right. you know, I've, I've logged over 20,000 sessions. That's a lot of sessions. Oh my goodness, yes. That is a lot. a lot. Wow. So Good for you. Those, I know. It's crazy. I can't even believe that, but it's so true. Okay, so in those 20,000 sessions, not a single animal, not a single pet ever came through to me and said, I'm mad at my mom or dad. Um, you know, I'm holding this against them. It, not one. Not a single one. Isn't in that fact, amazing? Yeah, it's quite the opposite. They come through saying, thank you for helping me leave when my body was failing me. Thank yeah. you. Yes. You helped yeah. me transition. Thank you for letting me leave my body with dignity and being calm and helping me make this a smooth transition. So this is something I had to learn because I used to be this pet parent that would Keep my pet here until they really shouldn't. Oh, so many people will. That's the other thing yeah. they'll say. I wish I wish I had taken him to the vet sooner because he ended up having a, a very difficult death at home, and I should have done it. Don't. Do you recommend to people? Yes, if the animal's having trouble eating or moving on the stairs or something, if the animal's in in discomfort. Um, that that you, they don't have to be unlike people who have to go every step of the way um, on their own. Animals can have a very smooth exit. Do you recommend that to people? It's a very um, day-to-day management that we have to do. If you have an ill or aging pet, it is daily management. And here's what I recommend. First of all, you don't need an animal communicator to tell you when the time is right to help your pet leave. You know, you know in your heart. It's just that you don't want to. Right. That's exactly right. That's what they tell me. Right. You just don't want to do it. I don't want to either. It's not fun for me either. It's painful for anyone. I call it the impossible decision because no matter what the timing is, it just doesn't feel right. It feels like, oh, what am I doing? And so what you have to do is you have to realize that this is an agreement that you and your pet made before your pet even came to live with you. This is like a sacred soul contract that yes. you agree on a 
on a higher level that you're going to help this pet and be their caretaker, do the best you can. We're not meant to heal them. We're you not can't, meant you to You can't heal anyway. Them. I mean, no. we, we live for 80 or 90 years or more. And if they get 15, that's a good life. So there's no possible way you're not going to be burying your pet. And therefore, you have to accept the fact that it is part of, as you say, it's part of your contract with that pet that you will not let them suffer if they're not going to get better or if they're old enough that it wouldn't even matter if they got better. They're, they're going to die of natural causes soon. They want to go once their body's right. no longer fun to be in. Right. And this is really, you know, this is what I mean. It's really tough. I've been there many, many times. I still have many pets. I have a geriatric ward here. My pets are really, I have very old pets. So believe me, I'm I'm speaking from experience here, but here's what you have to realize. This is a sacred soul contract that you agreed to. It's part of having this pet in your life is managing when this pet needs to transition out of their body. And you as their caretaker are given this sacred responsibility. This is a very sacred responsibility because in the wild, let's say you weren't in the picture, animals go off by themselves to die. Yes. They leave, they leave the herd, the pack, the flock. They go away. They get driven out. They get shooed off. Why? Because they're going to draw on predators, first of all or they're going to pass along whatever their illness is to the rest of the herd or the pack or whatever. So they're, they're kind of exiled and they go off by themselves. And in the animal kingdom, illness and injury is a sign of weakness. So they don't want the sick or injured animal doesn't want the rest of the pack members, herd members to see them in this vulnerable state. So they, they leave and they will succumb to their illness, their injuries, or the weather, or whatever it is, and they'll pass away alone. So think about this, and really think about this. We have these pets, and they're with us almost all the time, and it is our greatest honor to be with them in their final hour, because if we weren't in the picture, they would go off alone and do this on their own. You've been granted the gift of being with your pet. Yes. You have the ability. You have the ability to make this a peaceful transition, so they can leave this earth the way that they came into it with love and peace and dignity. Yes. Oh, perfectly said. Exactly right. And would that we could do that sort of thing for people sometimes, but I don't think that's. There are a lot of reasons we can't. But we can do it for the for the, the little little fur babies that have taken such good care of us during their lives when they could. They have kept us happy. They've made us know we were loved. It's wonderful to be able to do that for them. But just don't ever worry anybody that your pet is going to say, no, you shouldn't have done that because there's 20,000 of these communications. Yeah, that's a pretty good average. 100% of those pets were very glad that they're, if their I mean, owners helped them. Yep, and here's the flip side of that coin. I have to share the flip side. So out of those 20,000, I can name a whole lot of them that came through and said this. I was ready to leave way before they helped me leave. Okay. Yeah. So keep that in mind. We tend to keep them here, and I'm guilty. I've done it. Yep. We We tend to keep them here too long, don't we? 
Everybody does it. Nobody wants yeah. to make that decision, and it's very painful. I think if you're young enough that it, it makes sense, it's a very good idea to plan to get another, go to the rescue place or something to just, just shop around and and see what, what what the next connection is you make because our animals are not jealous. That no. you got another dog or another cat. They're so no. happy that you gave that animal such a good home. They'll be the guardian angel of that of that next one. So that's a people will say that too. Am I dishonoring, you know, Fido because I got Rover? Right. <laughs> no, right. you're not at all. You're honoring that wonderful relationship that you still have and that will go on forever. Because let's talk now about just briefly about the afterlife. Oh well, actually, I was going to ask you one question first. People listening to us are thinking, I'm jealous. I wish I could communicate the way she can. Do you have any tips for them about how to learn how to communicate better with your living animal or with the animal that's gone ahead? Oh, my God. Do you have, like, five hours for me to share all this? <laughs> we'll have to do it again. How exciting. <laughs> that would be great. I have so much to share. Um, okay, I'll give you a few examples. First of all, um, we are humans. They are animals. Okay, you have to remember there is a difference. As much as they are our babies and we love them like children, they are animals. So what I recommend is that you realize that you cannot place your human agenda, your human processes or thoughts or behaviors or whatever. You can't place that on your pet. That's not fair. You have to honor your pet for the dog, the cat, the horse, the parrot, the rabbit, the snake, whatever they are, you have to honor them for who they are in this lifetime in the body that they are possessing. So the biggest thing that will help you in your communication is to realize the separation there. You're bonded to this pet. You're bonded. Your souls are eternally connected. You will never lose the connection. It will always be there for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. So to communicate effectively, what you have to do is realize that sometimes what's in the highest and best for you is not in the highest and best for that pet. So ask yourself first, is this in the highest and best for this pet? What is their highest and best? What do they need as the dog, the cat, the horse, the fish, the bird, whatever? The what fish? do they need? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my. You have to take you have to take yourself out of the equation because animal communication is very egoless. It's, it is without ego. You have to go into this very humbly and be very uh, appreciative and honoring and respectful of the animals that you communicate with. So you honor who they are and you have to trust yourself. You have to trust what you get. You have to trust that a message can come through to you. It can feel very much like your own thoughts. It can feel very much like your own idea. It can feel very much like your own sensation or feeling. It's very similar. It, many people say, well, is, am I just imagining things? Well, it's sort of like imagining, only that's not what you were trying to imagine what came in. Right. So right. you have, have to realize that animal communication is very similar to you having a thought pop into your head. The difference is you weren't thinking that thought. That's the difference. So trusting yourself, 
trusting that the message that's coming in or what you're receiving is really from that pet and just knowing that there are going to be certain areas, certain times that are more difficult to connect when you are grieving or if you're in a lot of pain, very difficult to connect, very, very difficult. Um, Animals will connect with us and communicate with us usually when we are balanced and emotionally calm. They are sensitive beings. They're sensitive creatures. So if we dump all of our human anguish and pain and turmoil on them, they're not going to want to have anything to do with us. They're gonna, <laughs> now, it's like, not till you get there. Then they're going to be very glad to see you. But right. <laughs> right. If, you're bringing, if you're bringing these life <laughs> issues into, you know, life on earth issues, you're right. You're, I would, you wouldn't want that either if you were the pet and, nope. and it was your person who was trying to communicate. That's a very good point. Exactly. And think about it. I'm sure you can relate to this. I'm sure there are people in your life that you love hanging out with. They're fun. They're upbeat. They're positive. They're right. silent. They're happy. And then I'm sure you have those other ones that are not. They are grumpy. They are not fun to be around. They're draining. They're always complaining or whining or crabbing about something. Who's more fun? Who do you want to spend time with? Do you want to spend time with the fun person or do you want to spend time with the grumpy person? Oh, yeah. Or the, <laughs> or the person who's always sad or always emotional. Right. It gets, it gets really draining to be with those types of people so you naturally gravitate towards the happier upbeat uplifting souls and the reason is because animals on the other side they survive energetically as they are but they are fueled by us by our thoughts by our energy and we as uh, spiritual beings ourselves we're like little power sources of energy or power packs or like little battery packs running around and they can receive spiritual fuel from us so if you are happy and joyful and giving off good energy your departed pets are going to be like woohoo and following you all around <laughs> and yeah and just like i'm oh, staying yeah. with her i like this energy and you know the opposite is true if, if you're not you know emotionally balanced if you're in deep grief and despondent and, you know, having a lot of turmoil in your life, it's, that's not good energy. There's no energy output there. It's a drain. That's an energy drain. It's like energy going down the drain and disappearing. So the animals cannot be fueled by that. It doesn't harm them. It won't stop them from continuing on their spiritual journey. But you can see it's all about fuel, right? It's all about energy. And and when you're happy and balanced and when you're loving on another pet, they receive a direct benefit from that. It's like getting a blast of spiritual fuel. Whether you're loving on another human, whether you're loving another pet, whether you're loving your job or out in the garden or sipping a wonderful cup of coffee or whatever you're doing, something that brings joy into your life, your departed pets and your living pets benefit from you, from what you're yes, doing. Yes, so- yes, yes. Yeah, that that's very beautifully said. Yeah, um, I think it's very important for everyone to realize this is actually a relationship. 
you know, they're not objects. They are, and, and anyone who has really loved an animal knows this is true. They're every bit as much as complex entities as any person. And, uh, yeah, they, they want to be around people who give off wonderful vibes. So that's something that we need to all work on, especially if we're, we're grieving a pet. Um, it doesn't help to be sad. It only helps to be a place where the pet wants to come and sit on your lap again, maybe not in spirit, but, but still just every bit as much alive as they were when they were here. A question that has sort of people ask me and I have no idea. Do, do our pets reincarnate? Does that happen? Or do, or do you never get, do you know, you may not know. Oh yes, they do, but not all of them reincarnate. And I would say the vast majority don't. And I'll tell you why. You know, humans come here because we have some big lessons to learn because Earth is right. a big school. You know, this is where we learn hard lessons here. And so we come back and we repeat things if we don't get it quite right. Animals have a purpose in life, but remember, they're animals. They're not humans. So they don't have the same kind of lessons that they need to learn like humans do because animals are pure. Let's Let's think about it. That's you know, right. Animals exactly. So pure. You know, humans are kind of <laughs> not pure. <laughs> we 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 come we come in with lessons to learn. That's I think all we really need to say. And they're spiritual lessons, but it's as if your your precious little fur baby already has learned those lessons, but they still n- come yeah. back. They they still come back sometimes through they I mean I know people who swear the same dog or cat has reincarnated and they they went to the to the um, uh, rescue place and and there was that one animal that kept looking at them and then they picked the brought the animal home and they're sure it's the reincarnation of the previous one. Oh, yeah. Does that happen? Oh, yeah. Yes, it happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. And if it happens to you, consider yourself very fortunate because, and I, I hear this from my clients all the time, that, um, you know, what we want is on certain levels, we want a clone back. We want our pet back. And That's you, right. You, you can't, it doesn't happen that way. So what you have to be, what you have to realize is there is an essence of your pet that can come back to you but you have to remember they're in a new body they're having a new lifetime they're having a new experience that essence may fade over time it may not but it may fade over time or you may see something in the very beginning that is like so reminds you of the pet that you had and oh my gosh they did the exact same thing in the exact same spot exact same way and it may only do it that one time that's just so that you realize, hey, it's me. I'm in here. Oh, and they may, wow. They may never do it again. They might, but they may never do it again. So you just have to realize that there is, I call it the essence of your pet. Because, yes, they come back, but they're in a new body, new physical experience, new spiritual experience. The essence of them is in there. And it does happen sometimes multiple times in your lifetime. Some people have this happen multiple times for their wow. pets to come back. But <laughs> I do I do want to caution one thing, and I write about this in my book, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, that if they do come back within your lifetime, they tend to have shorter lifetimes each time. Oh, okay. So, yes. Yeah. If they come back right away, if they 
you know, if you lose a pet and then it reincarnates, they'll have a very powerful and purposeful lifetime in this next one, but it tends to be shorter. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. That's something I, I would have not even thought about. But we're going to do this again. Um, we, we're generally um, signing, signing guests for six months ahead at this point. Uh, so I'm going to find a time when, when Karen can come back because we have to finish this conversation. I have more questions still, and I'm very glad about that. We're, we've come to the end of our time. Your web, your um, uh, email address, I mean, web address is KarenAnderson.net, right? Correct. KarenAnderson.net. Plain old, yep. simple old KarenAnderson.net. I do, I do want to share, I have a brand new mobile app that's out there. You can download it right now. Just either go to my <laughs> website, KarenAnderson.net. You can get all of this stuff right at your fingertips. The app is called Boom. B-O-O-M with an exclamation mark, business is booming. And you have to watch the welcome video to see why I named it that. I thought the Karen Anderson app was too boring. So um, you can get all of this afterlife and a chance to win pet sessions. Uh, There's so much on there. Please check out on Android and iPhone. You can check out the the mobile app and um, um, there's just great resources there. There's after... Afterlife Masterclass that you can watch, all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, we, we'll put this in the notes to the to the program so that you, if you just look at the notes, you'll find uh, these details there. But that's fun. What a good idea. Yes. So yes. so I, are, you are still doing readings for people, right? Um, actually, my calendar is completely full right now because I'm writing my next book. Um, I, wonder, I wondered I just, about that. What's, what's your yes. next book? My next book is going to be a continuation of The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. Um, It's going to go more in-depth with more stories and get more in detail in each one of the things on euthanasia, on cremation, on reincarnation. I'm going to go more. This is great. All right. So we're going to be talking about the book next time, everybody. So that's another reason to look forward to our next visit. I always so much, so much enjoy talking to you, Karen. Thank you so much for being here. And please consider yourself hugged. Oh, thank you so much. Big hugs. And thank you to all the listeners. And you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Everybody, this has been Secret Reality with Roberta Grimes. And I'm really glad you were here with us. Karen Anderson is always so much fun. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guests here for the second time will be Dennis Grega and Michelle Zabo. And they're two talented and really tireless afterlife researchers and catalogers of other people's research who are working closely now with our extraordinary friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Michelle and Dennis are assembling the first completely comprehensive sources of information about what actually happens at and after death, what the afterlife is really like. How the greater reality is constructed. They're they're putting it together. They're being scientific and sensible. And they tell us that they're going to have some exciting news to share with us next week. So please do be sure to join us. And this week, we've been talking with Karen Anderson. She's a wonderful animal communicator, as you can see. And she's been with us for the fourth time. 
I receive frequent emails from people who have lost a pet. I'm very sensitive to that. We don't have any pets in our home anymore because we travel too much. We think it wouldn't be fair, but we've had many beloved animals in our lives too. It's very hard to lose them. So what's, I think, very important and valuable is the fact that there are people like Karen who can help us to stay in touch with our beloved animals, to make peace with the temporary change, and above all, to know that it really is temporary. You will see your beloved animals again all of them her terrific book is called the amazing afterlife of animals messages and signs from our pets on the other side it's a three-year-old book now so i'm very glad its sequel is on the way it's been an amazon bestseller and it's won a number of other awards because it's it's really full of the kinds of happy stories but that pet lovers who are suffering you know the the loss of an animal they have loved they need to hear about the wonderful truth it's all good news if you have fur babies who are very important to you karen anderson is here to help you communicate she'll be through writing this book well i'm going to push her to get it done and then you'll she'll be able to help you as well the most important thing to remember is that love is what it's all about. That's why our animals are so important to us, and that's why they will be there waiting for us when we get there. Every animal you ever have loved, mine is a horse, the one that I miss most, they're all going to be there waiting for us when we go home. So that's the best news I can possibly give you. Now, as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and some others on the way, which we've talked about, and, and soon I'll be able to tell you more about them. You can order all my books through the bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you ever want to talk about anything with me, my books or whatever, anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email, even though it takes a few days. Now, nowadays, it takes a few days. And I, you, I care about you as an individual. I want to help you if I possibly can. So please, if there is a place in your life for me to be of help to you, just just reach out to me. I want to do that. Now, of course, past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net and a host of other places, including the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family. And many people tell me that they just listen through the Seek Reality app. See, I have an app too, Karen, that's uh, it's available on the iTunes uh, app store, and it's free. And if if you have it, all will, what will happen is that these uh, episodes will come to you um, uh, uh, just as soon as they're available. So that's a lot simpler maybe, but whatever you would like to do, let's stay in touch. I want to be able to help you all I humanly can to have the best possible life. And meanwhile, of course, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you, most of all, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.